And then um, Stuart said to me, why don't you introduce Matt and Phil? So I was thinking, when Stuart and I decided we were going to uh, plant a church, one of the things we asked God for was for Matt and Phil. So we knew we were going to come and plant a church into this place. We knew we were going, the kind of church that we wanted to build. And we asked God for Matt and Phil. And partly because they're our friends and we love them but mainly because they love Jesus and worship Jesus so uh, beautifully. They have such a heart to go after God. They, they worship very skillfully. They set really high standards, but they train people to get there. They, they basically, for us, were our worship leaders for our church. And it was a bit of a shock to us when they didn't come and we, when we first moved. We were like, what, God? How are we going to possibly do this? And then it was an amazing pleasure for us when they said, actually, we just want to come. We want to serve. We want to be a part of what you're doing. So we um, whooped for joy and danced a lot. So Matt and Phil are our worship leaders in this church. But more than that, they love Jesus and, and they express it so beautifully. So I would love us to stand and just honor these guys before they even open their mouths because every week they serve us so beautifully and they practice with their people every week they invest so much time all of it voluntary uh, into how we do our worship here as a local church they're also parents teachers phil runs their own little business like so i would just like to honor these guys before they've even opened their mouths so can we stand and just clap them Thank you, Mel. Thank you. Oh, let me hear you. Hello. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, everyone else. That's very kind of you. Slightly embarrassed and now going to... You know I struggle with crying anyway. I said that last time, so just don't say anything nice to me. But thank you very much. Um, basically, this is our opportunity just to talk to you about um, kind of where we see worship, what we believe the Bible says about worship, what's on our heart... Um, Mel gave us kind of the encouragement to say basically God has put all these things on our heart and this is our opportunity to try and communicate with you what God has placed in us, what he's trying to do through us and through us as a church. So we're going to take you through some of those things this morning. Um, we are then going to do some, because we'll obviously go back into worship, it's not that we're trying to do everything today, it's that when we talk about worship, we like to worship as well because then we can put some of these things into practice. So as we go through, if you feel God speaking to you about different things, we are going to have time to respond, to pray for each other at the end, and worship together. So, um, get ready. Um, was that okay? That was good. Go. Perfect. <laughs> um, so me, I, I've stood up here and told a lot of my story before, but just in a nutshell, I'm Matt. I became a Christian at university, which is a slightly scary long time ago now. Um, I used to quite enjoy being the newbie Christian. I've been a Christian for one year, two years, and I've been a Christian for 16 years now, um, which is, yeah, it's, a, it's been a real privilege and an excellent journey. But the thing for me that made me decide to do that and become a Christian at university was I'd always believed there was a God, always believed there was something out there, but whenever I needed something, be it a girlfriend, a new toy, a bike, a guitar, whatever it was, I would go to God and say, please can I have, please can I have, please can I have. And I met these guys at university who actually had a relationship with God. And it was like, oh, okay, so all these years I've just been asking, but I've never actually stopped to listen to what God has to say to me, what he wants for my life, what he's doing. Um, and they basically taught me that having a relationship with God was just the same as having a relationship with a person, apart from it's with God, but it's a two-way thing. So as well as, obviously it's not wrong to ask God for things, but also taking time out to tell God how amazing he is, how much I love him, and to listen to what he wanted to say to me. Um, so that's when I kind of gave my life. And then when I left um, university, I went back to Bishop Stortford, I joined a year team. Um, which is a really good thing to do. The focus was kind of worship and theology. Um, and since then, for the next 16 years, I've been in and out of worship teams, sometimes leading, sometimes playing in bands, leading life groups, various things, just being involved with church. And I love to get stuck in, and I love to get involved. I'm not very good at just sitting back and doing nothing. I like to get stuck in, because I think it's what God's called us all to, to be honest, um, to be involved and be part of that relationship. 
Okay, um, my name's Phil, if you don't know me. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, and I've got one of those stories where I can honestly say I don't remember when I became a Christian. I just don't remember not being one, um, which is amazing. And I'm always very grateful to my parents for taking me to church, introducing me to Jesus, um, and just, yeah, really, really thankful for that. Um, I trained as a primary school teacher once I left university. I taught for about seven years, and then we had a little girl, Delta, and um, I stopped working. We then um, moved up here and had another little boy, Blue. Um, they are amazing, and now they are my full-time job, and they are a full-time job. Um, I love them both, they are fantastic, and we've got a great little family up here. So we moved up to Sutton four years ago, I think just gone, um, yeah, which I can't believe it's gone that fast, that's crazy. But it's been amazing, and just saying yes to God, eventually, when he said go to Sutton, um, just seeing how he blesses you, we were talking about this the other day, just he blesses you in so many little ways that you didn't even think of when you first say yes to his call on your life. So that was just amazing. Um, I have played in worship bands since I was about 16. Um, I started leading worship when I was at university in a Baptist church, actually, so quite different from here. Um, then moved back to Stortford, met and married Matt, and we started worshipping together. We, like I said, we led bands together, we played in bands together. Um, we led a worship team in another church plant, and then we moved up here to lead this worship team. So we've got quite a lot of worshipy experience, if you like. That still doesn't mean it's not incredibly nerve-wracking every time we stand up to lead worship. But it's something we just love. We just love it. Our heart is really in it. It's something that God has just obviously put in us. And I love that about God, that I love music. I love playing music. I love listening to music. And I love that God takes the things you already enjoy and calls you into those areas. I think that's fantastic. Um, there's been prophetic words spoken over us about worship in terms of songwriting and leading quite large crowds, which, again, quite scary when you think about it now, but very exciting. And we know that we serve a God who has got us completely in his hands. So we trust him. And that's our story so far. Thanks, Tom. Okay, so what is worship? Um, we, we worship Jesus by investing in him. We invest different things in Jesus. We invest our time, our energy, our money. It's what I love to talk about. It's loved what I love to tell people about. Um, it's what I love to think about and occupies a lot of my time and energy. So for me, kind of my worship to Jesus is devoting my life to him, and he's always there. He's involved in absolutely everything I do. Um, and, you know, I'd like to think that he's one of the things I talk about the most in my life. Um, obviously, worship is lifestyle. It's about being a Christian. Being a Christian is about having a relationship with Jesus. That's what we do. We worship him in that context. Um, but kind of, we're not dealing today with everything, because that would be far too long. We'll be here for days and days. So when we talk about worship this morning, we're talking about kind of when we come together um, like this to express corporate worship, if you like, to Jesus. So we're talking about Sunday mornings, life group, prayer meetings, other times when we gather together. And that's kind of our context that we've been asked to lead in um, and to develop a team for. So that's, that's where we're going this morning. Um, part of our relationship with Jesus is to greet him. You know, when we, when we see someone and we come to their house, we, we visit them, we meet them somewhere, the first thing we do, we give them a big hug, don't we? A shake of the hand, a manly pat on the back, uh, whatever it might be, sorry, kiss on the cheek, um, whatever it might be, but we greet them, we say, hi, it's brilliant to see you, it's wonderful to see you today, and that's what we do with Jesus. So part of our worship is to tell Jesus just how amazing he is. We love him. I know he's with us in everything we do, but I think it's still really good when we come together like this to say, Jesus, you're awesome, you're amazing, you're brilliant. I love you for who you are and for what you've done, um, and to tell him all those things. But like I said in my testimony, we also need to listen to him. Because when you meet that person and you've said hello and you've given the manly pat on the back, um, they generally say something back to you, don't they? Like, brilliant, I'd love to see you too, and they give you a hug back. And Jesus is like that, isn't he? So when we come together in this context of worship, it is this two-way relationship, and we, we hold really strongly to that, and that's why I became a Christian in the first place, when I discovered that when I talk to Jesus, he talks back to me. Um, so for us, that's really important. It's also a decision. So when we come here on a Sunday morning, everyone that's here today has decided to come to church to worship Jesus together this morning. It doesn't happen by accident. And even when we come here this morning, 
It's not like we're just going to walk into this room and go, brilliant, off I go, come on, body. And it just kind of doesn't happen automatically. We have to say, right, I'm going to enter in this morning. I'm going to join with everyone else, you know. I'm going to sing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to talk to God. But we have to make decisions. And, you know, worship is a decision. We're not forced to worship. It doesn't happen just by standing there in those kind of positions we looked at on that video. But we decide to worship Jesus. Um, It's not always easy. We know that. And we try to always bear that in mind, that sometimes we come to God and we're, we're in an ecstatically happy mood. But we need to be honest. We need to be like children. We need to be completely open. There's no point coming to God and kind of hiding things inside us. If we're in a, in a place where we're, we are sad and we need comfort, we need to come to God with real honesty. So sometimes our worship could be running with open arms saying, God, you're awesome. Other times, we might be coming to God and say, I'm really struggling today, Lord. I'm really struggling to come into your presence because all this is going on in my life. Would you please help, help me? And God will give us that reassurance. He will give us that comfort. His grace is there in every situation. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it's in tiredness. Sometimes it's in desperation. And other times, we're just desperate to say, God, you're amazing. Thank you so much for what you did in that particular situation. So worship is never going to look the same. We know that when we step up to lead on a Sunday morning, when we turn up to church on a Sunday morning, because there's so many different things going on in our lives. Um, Every day is different. That's what's exciting about God, isn't it? That God is a creative God. God God knows these emotions. He knows us, and he knows it's going to be really varied. Um, We try to make sure that our worship is always glorifying to God, because that's the point of it. So the reason we sing songs, we pray prayers, we share words, we read scriptures, we use the gifts, is because we want to give glory to God. How do we give glory to God? You know, when we sing songs, we sing songs, again, saying how amazing he is. Um, we pray prayers saying how amazing he is. So everything about worship should be honoring and glorifying to God. And it's what he wants. Um, another thing I can, I can just never get away with, um, sorry, get away from, is the fact that over thousands of years, there was this great kind of crescendo of history, wasn't there, about us getting closer and closer to God, to the point where Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, finally restored that relationship, brought in the new covenant, um, and said he would forgive our wickedness and never again remember our sins. And it was at that moment that this new covenant, this new relationship came about. And for me, it's that kind of symbol of the um, curtains tearing in the temple. And at that point, when Jesus was crucified, the, the curtains tore open and we were able to come in boldly into the presence of Jesus. And it's those words for me, come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Um, I'm not going to go into loads of detail, but I think one of our old preachers is probably on the website somewhere. But we talked a bit more about this, the kind of the history of when the, the priest had to go through the rules and regulations to get into the most holy place. And this curtain was that separation, wasn't it? And they had to do all the sacrifices, all the cleansing, before they could, you know, the priest could step into that most holy place. But at that moment on the cross, the curtain was torn away, and God said, come in, come into my most holy place. Experience my presence. Experience me. Share with me. Come close to me. Um, and for me, every time I come together like this to worship God, I remember that God is the one who's given us that invitation so, okay, you know, we can come with a bit of nervousness and trepidation at times because we don't know what God's going to do, but God is good and God has invited us into that place. Therefore, the end result is always going to be good. Um, and I think, basically for me, that was an invitation to the best party ever. Um, and God has invited us to that party, therefore I'm going to come running in and I'm going to enjoy that party and I'm going to see what he wants to do. Um, and there's gifts at a party, God didn't invite us into that place just to leave us stood there doing nothing, but he's going to speak to us. He's going to shower gifts upon us. He wants us to use those gifts. Again, going back to the party, if someone gives you a present, you'd be pretty silly, wouldn't you, to leave it all wrapped up in a box and say, thank you, God, that's great. I'll just stick that over there. But we want to unwrap these gifts like little children, again, ripping them open, say, God, what have you got for me? What is it you've given me as a gift? And then we want to explore it. Um, 
I'm just going to finish by reading a passage from Corinthians um, that for me sums up kind of what I think it's going to be like. So when I come running through that curtain that's been torn down into the presence of God with the church together, um, this is for me is kind of a description of what uh, my heart is for. The special abilities the Holy Spirit gives us, the passage starts, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives a great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives the one person the ability to perform miracles, the other ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. And still another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. He alone decides which gift each person should have. For me, that sounds like an awesome place to be. Imagine we're all stood there in the holiest, holy places in the presence of God, and God is going, you have this, you have this, you have this, you have this, you have this. And there we are all unwrapping those gifts and those presents, and then we're using them, and we're building each other up, and all these gifts are given to strengthen us. Um, And that, for us, hopefully... (laughs) is, I'm going to stop now, um, is kind of where we see worship. So it's about getting us into that place and helping us to explore those gifts and see what it is God has for us. So worshipping the real life way, why do we do worship or corporate worship, as Matt said, on a Sunday? Why do we do it the way we do it here at Real Life Church? Um, Basically, exactly what Matt just said, that's what we want to see on a Sunday morning and our ultimate aim on a Sunday morning when we come together to sing songs, to hear the Bible preached, um, to hear what the Spirit is saying and doing in our lives, is to glorify Jesus. The ultimate aim is to glorify the Son, to glorify the Father, to just see Jesus' name lifted high. It's why we worship, it's why we sing, it's why we just love to meet together. Um, And yeah, we absolutely love doing that. And Jesus says, it says in the Bible, where two or three of you, or a few more than that, are gathered, I'm there, I'm there with you. So not only do we want to glorify him by singing songs full of truth and um, by following his lead, we also want to um, experience his presence. So we want to meet with God and we want to glorify Jesus. They are the two things that we would absolutely love to get out of our worship times every Sunday morning. Um, This is our ultimate aim, to glorify him and to watch him move. Okay, so why do we do things the way we do here? Well, there's lots of different elements to what we do as a worship team, to the decisions we've made. One of them, for a starter, is our music. We try to use fairly culturally relevant music. We love good music. We are heading towards our 40s and still shamelessly listening to Radio 1. And we're not planning to give that up anytime soon. Um, uh, We're not the only ones in the church. Um, We love current music. Not all of it's great, but some of it is brilliant. And we love keeping up to date with what's going on. Um, And I don't really see why the church should be any different to the world when it comes to musical styles being relevant to people. When people come through that door, one of the first things they hear is the music that's playing. Um, And we want it to be something that they can relate to, that they can think, okay, yeah, I would listen to this, not even knowing that it's actually a worship song, but I would listen to this music. So we do aim to try and make our music sound quite good. We've gathered a team of fantastic musicians. They are all brilliant, and they are striving to get better and better, and they all love to make the music side of our worship um, really excellent. And for that, we're very, very grateful. Um, Also, the reason we practice, the reason we... um, supposedly put hours of practice in, personal practice and together, um, and to make our music sound good is because we think Jesus deserves our best. He is God. He is the creator God, the ultimate um, saviour of the world, the lord of the universe, the king of hosts. He is God. He deserves the best we can give him. We go to work on a Monday and give our boss our best, and Jesus is head over him. We, we need to give him our best. We want to give him our best. So why we stand up there and try and make the music sound really good is because it's an offering to Jesus and he deserves the best we can give him. Okay, the songs we choose. Um, we've come from, obviously, a New Frontiers background. I grew up in an Anglican church, spent time in a Baptist church, been to a vineyard church through my uni years. So we've got quite a lot of different areas of songs, Christian worship songs that we can draw from. 
Um, and that's just us. The guys in our team have also gone through different churches and have lots of different styles. But the songs we try to choose are songs that are full of truth about Jesus. Um, we want to be able to basically share the gospel through the words of the songs we use. So apart from reading the Bible and preaching from it, quite often the songs we sing are one of the most effective ways to convey gospel truth. So when people come into our meetings, we want them to know who Jesus is from the songs we're singing. We want them to know what he's done for us, what his character is like, who he is through the words of the song. So we do, when we look at songs to choose to sing at church, we do look really carefully at that. We want them to be full of truth. So we have songs that declare who Jesus is. We then also try and have songs that give um, everybody a chance to respond, so to make personal response to Jesus, which is why you're seeing some songs we sing that are Jesus is this, he is that, he is the saviour, he's the creator. And then there's other songs we sing that say, I love you, Lord, I worship you, and it's personal response time. So we try over the course of a morning to give um, a whole range of opportunities to worship Jesus, to declare his truth, and to personally respond to what he's saying to us. We also try and leave space. That is because, as Matt was saying, with the conversations, if someone's having a conversation with you and they are literally talking at you and at you and at you, they can't hear what you might have to say back to them. So we leave space, not only to hear what God is saying, but also to give you guys some chance just to personally worship. There might be times where the music's just playing and you want to sing out your own words, sing out your own songs, and that's brilliant, and that's exactly what God loves. So that's why we don't always sing um, all the time. We leave some space for that. Okay, we've had some um, prophetic words spoken over us as a church. And if you were here last week, um, Stuart was mentioning the ones that um, Julian Adams spoke when he came in um, September or October. Uh, he's a prophet and he's hears very, very clearly from God. Um, so he brought some stuff about the church and Stu read out some of this. We're going to read it again. That was specific to our church about worship. So he said this, What's going to mark you out as a church, as real-life church, is your ability to worship. There's going to be a prophetic anointing on your worship. There's going to be a flow in worship that will enrich the levels of intimacy and ecstasy that will begin to shape an atmosphere and change the way that things are done. You will accomplish more in extended worship than you will in strategic eldership meetings. Get ready to become a worshipping church. You're to teach people how to worship. You're to teach people how to engage in the realm of the spirit. God says even those who are lost when they come into the atmosphere of worship will suddenly be overcome by emotion and encounter me in that context. You're to be a presence-shaped people and to be unashamed drinkers of the spirit. So these are some words that God spoke to our church last year through Julian Adams. So we are to get ready to be um, unashamed drinkers of the spirit and get ready to be a worshipping church we found this really encouraging obviously worship is our area we love worshipping Jesus so when God speaks stuff like that to your church that's pretty exciting um, so yeah that was fantastic so what we want to do is we want to see us as a church move into those words that were spoken. We want to see us become a really excellent worshipping church. We want to see everyone that is a member of this church just released into worship, released into the freedom of everything that God has got for us. And we're going to pray for some people later on. If you feel that that's you, start to ask God if that's something he wants to deal with in you this morning. Or if you just want a bit of encouragement. Or you want to be released into being able to worship completely freely in the way that God wants us to. Okay. Sounds like a lot of me at the moment, doesn't it? Right, our worship team. We have um, worked with so many different people. Oh, go on. You can look at the pictures. Don't they look lovely? <laughs> um, we've worked with lots and lots of different people over the years in different churches. Every single person we've worshipped with is very, very different, and we love that about them. These are the guys that um, God is currently giving us to work with and to serve with us, and we just love them. I told you I'd cry. <laughs> so I'm ready to step in. <laughs> yeah, you're much more stable. Um, yeah, <laughs> so basically, we want to just honour these guys. We want to honour Sarah, David, Sarah, Abby, and Dan. They serve us so tirelessly. They get here at 8.30 on a Sunday morning. They serve and they come and practice on a Monday night. They do personal practice in their own homes. They um, read their Bibles. They get stuck in they just work so hard for Jesus with us and we are so so grateful they're a fantastic talented bunch of people 
And they just, yeah, I don't know, they just serve so well. They've got fantastic songwriting abilities. We've sung songs that a couple of them have written over the last few weeks. There are more songs that are being written. They are just fantastic. God is really doing some amazing stuff in them. And their servant heart is outstanding. Um, we are really, really grateful for them. We are grateful for you guys. <laughs> we want to say a public thank you. Can we just give them a clap? <laughs> We've always been really blessed with worship team guys here. We've had people who um, have chosen to learn musical instruments because their heart is for worship and they saw that there was a gap and they wanted to serve the church. It's just, there are so many amazing guys in real life church. We are really grateful. What we look for in our people who want to join our worship teams, what we look for in them are basically four things. Number one, we want them to love Jesus. Kind of a given, really. Um, Number two, we want them to love to worship Jesus. Number three, they have to have a servant heart. You cannot be in a worship team if you don't have a servant heart. And number three, uh, number four, sorry, they obviously need to have some musical talent. That helps. Um, But there's a reason why we didn't bullet point these, why we numbered them. Okay, so we... Absolutely, we want musicians who are good at their instrument, who can sing really, really well, but that is number four on our list. Okay, ultimately, we need people, we want people who love Jesus. They've got to love Jesus because you can play a guitar absolutely stunningly, but if you don't love Jesus, you're going to struggle to lead people into worship. You'll play the songs really well, but you won't be able to lead people into worship. So we look for people who ultimately love Jesus and love to worship him. I love worshipping Jesus. Like we said, it's something that we just grew up with. It's in us. And there's, I know there's loads of people here in the church who it's just in you. When the music starts, your soul just comes alive. You just love worshipping him. We, we want that in the guys who serve with us in our worship teams. Um, and obviously, servant heart. As we said, if you're in the worship team, you give up a lot of your time for the church. So you are here early on a Sunday. You stay late on a Sunday. You practice on your own. You come to worship team practices And these guys who serve with us at the moment all do that and are all amazing at it. And for that, we are incredibly grateful. So we're going to do a little plea here. If anyone is feeling their heart stir a little bit when we talk about worship and they feel like they just love worshipping Jesus or or have had words spoken over them about worship in the past or it's something they've been involved in before and they would like to get involved, we would love you to come and chat to us. We are not a closed team up here. It's not the six, six of us and no one else. We want people to grow. We want people to come and join us. We want people who love Jesus. So if you say, yes, do you know what? I love Jesus. Brilliant. We want people who love to worship Jesus. If you love to worship him, come and talk to us. If you have a servant heart, come and talk to us. And if you have a musical ability, that would really, really help. <laughs> so please come and chat to us. We are always looking to see who God is moving in and to grow new worshippers and new worship leaders. So please come chat to us. Thanks, Ben. Well, I'm keeping it together. Phil had to do that bit because I would have just been in tears on the floor. Um, So I was going to talk a bit about Sunday mornings, kind of why we do the way we do things. Um... When we come together, it's, it's kind of everything we've, we've talked about so far. We love Jesus, and when we come together, we want to express that love for Jesus together. And just as I'm sitting there thinking, just hear me in the right context here. I'm not saying, you know, spiritual gifts and receiving all those things is kind of why we come. We come to love Jesus. We come to express that to him and tell him how amazing and if we, were, if we were to come together on a Sunday, tell him how amazing he is, pray to him about how amazing he is, sing songs to him, hear the word preached, and then just keep on telling him how amazing he is, that is brilliant. We love that. Um, but it's that, it's that sense of even, you know, if you imagine when you've gone to someone's, I don't know, 60th birthday party and the evening is all about them, um, and telling them how awesome they are. There's still a point, isn't there, where that birthday person wants to stand up and say, thank you all for coming. I'm so touched by the fact you've all come together to celebrate my birthday here, and you've come to say all these beautiful things about me. I thank you for that. And there is a, a natural response, and I believe 
from the Bible, from experience, Jesus wants to make that response. And I can't really remember a time where I've spent that long in praising Jesus that we haven't paused and then Jesus has said, thank you, thank you. And sometimes he says, keep going, keep going. Sometimes he says, pause, I want to talk to you. Or he says, I want to give you these things. And, you know, for me, for us, for a team, for the church, when we read in the New Testament about what their meetings were like, there isn't that point in the New Testament where it then says, and that was the end of it, and there starts your relationship with Jesus. This was, this was the starting point, and it's what we can experience. It's what we want to experience. It's what we do experience. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk a bit more about what we do experience and how grateful we are, but we also know, you know perhaps there's another level. Again, it says in Corinthians 14 this time, when you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special res- revelation, one will speak in tongues, another will interpret what is said. And then it goes on, doesn't it, to talk about the fact there needs to be some sort of order, because there's so many people that are just desperate to contribute that it's kind of well, actually we'll have, you know, one of you, one of you, we need to hear the word of God, we need to understand what's going on. Um, and that sense of... Um, there is just so much going on that we need to just pause and say, brilliant, let's just sift through it, sort through it, what is God actually saying to us today? We don't believe in a magic formula. We don't believe that every Sunday should or will look the same. You'll notice, as with those of you that have been with us for a while, Sunday mornings look quite different. The orders have changed. The way we meet, it's changed. The way we lay out the chairs has changed. There are so many factors affecting what we do. Um, but we're always listening to God and we're always kind of nur- trying to nurture the church, work out what it is that's going to help the church. Um, you're going to talk about the first bit of the meeting, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Cool, I'll stop there. Um, but we want our church to be vibrant. We want it to be full of gifts, full of truth, full of the Spirit. We want people to come into this church and their lives be changed. Um, We want people to give their lives to Jesus. We want to see people healed. We want to see them released, set free. um, Because we know God does all this stuff. And he does it during worship as well as other times. You know, I hear stories of people that have just been, not just been, I hate the word just. We always use it, don't we? We always say, Lord, just do that, just. And it's no, God is awesome. Um, People are healed in worship. People are set free in worship. And it's, it's when we come together and we're praising him, his spirit moves upon us and things happen. Um, and we want everyone that comes into real life church to encounter our God that we know. If someone is with us on a Sunday morning and they don't encounter God, that's, that's not our fault. But what we're trying to do is create an atmosphere where they can do that. So in terms of musical style... We try and create a style and environment where people feel comfortable, they feel able not to focus on people, but just to focus on God, to meet with God and enjoy Him. Um, We preach the Word every Sunday because we do believe in spirit and truth. The Holy Spirit comes and fans alive the truth about God. Um, You kind of look at the the Word of God um, as, you know, kind of the... Um, the logs in the fire, if you like, and the Holy Spirit comes and sets that alight and brings it alive. He brings fresh revelation about it. Without the, without the fuel in that fire, there'd be nothing for the Holy Spirit to come and work with, to come and bring alight. So we need, we need the Spirit to bring fresh revelation to the Word, but we need the Word, the truth about Jesus, for the Spirit to come and work in our hearts with um, so we definitely believe in the truth and like Phil said that's why we kind of pick the songs we pick because we want to sing as much about God as we possibly can and a lot of our theology is actually shaped by the songs we sing I don't know how much you realise this but we um, can use David's song I Am Loved as an example you know, I've heard various stories of children walking around at home I am loved by him I am loved by him and they're walking around at home singing the fact that Jesus loves them And you'll say to Delta Blow, why are you singing that? Jesus loves me. I am loved by him. And they remember these things. That's what melody does, doesn't it? It helps to log things in our memory. It doesn't always quite work, because Delta has also walked around, oh, happy day, he washed my skin away. (laughs) Um, But at least it gives us a context, doesn't it, to to talk about, no, your skin's fine. Um, 
So, so we're very conscious, and we, we want to give as broad a theology as we can through the songs we sing, because I know, when I, even when I'm praying, a lot of the lines, oh, that was a line from a song, wasn't it? That was a line from a song. But these songs are packed full of lots and lots and lots of truth. Um, we also, and Phil's said quite a lot of this already, you know, the space we leave we think is really important. Sometimes we sing spontaneous songs. Sometimes we do that all together. Because um, we also believe that when we come to worship, because we're all in different places, different experiences, we might be at different points of that journey with God, it's important we have time to express our own praise to God. Now, sometimes we try to create a lot of noise. You can all do that on your own, yourselves, all talking to God at the same time. Um, sometimes we kind of pause, don't we, and someone comes to the front and expresses their personal praise to God. And there's a place for all of these things. I love to hear someone else's cry to God for help or someone else's cry of praise to God. I love to hear a church together praising God, having you know, 50, 60 different conversations with God at the same time. Um, because you know, we might choose a song that expresses nothing of how you are feeling on that particular day. Hopefully it's about God, obviously. The truth doesn't change. But there are just days, aren't they, that you actually, rather than singing the song, maybe you're just saying to God, look, I know that's true, help me to believe it. I know that's true, help me to apply that to my life. Um, so please don't feel like you have to sing the same songs we're singing. Express your worship to God as, as you need to. Um, and Phil's also said, so I'm just going to reiterate really, that the space we give is largely deliberate. Yes, we have practical things that go wrong. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, we do give deliberate space. So when we're set up here playing, it might be that we're trying to listen to God. It might be that we have a sense that someone amongst the church, you know, God is speaking to them. We're just kind of waiting for them to come forward. Quite often God kind of whispers very quietly, you know, something's coming. Just wait, just wait. Something's coming, something's coming. And then people start to come forward um, and share things. But if we don't give God that space to speak to people, for them to think through what God's saying and then come up and share it with the church, we're going to miss out on what it is that God's saying to us. Um, so that space is really important um, for us as a church um, to hear from God. Um, Phil has also said we're going to pray later, we're going to worship later, we're going to give opportunity. Um, we think particularly... If, you know, when we get to those times in the worship where we are sort of floating, strumming, waiting to see what God's saying, we feel perhaps there might be people who kind of discount themselves from those bits of our meetings that maybe feel at those points you feel a bit more like a spectator or perhaps you kind of discounted yourself from that bit because you know someone else is going to get up and do that bit. Um, it's for all of us. Um, we want you all to feel able to bring what's on your heart, what your gifting is to those bits of the meetings. Um, so I'm going to pray a little bit now, then hand back to Phil, and then we'll come back to it later. But, um, yeah, if God is stirring anything in you this morning, just, just keep talking that over with him and make sure we pray with you later. But, um, Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you for opening up your most holy place to us, Lord. We thank you that you worked tirelessly throughout history to restore our relationship with you so that we can live with you in this new covenant. And, Lord, if there are people amongst us who feel, yeah, kind of they are watching and spectating some of those times when your Holy Spirit moves, Lord, we, we ask that you would, yeah, increase their boldness, their confidence by your spirit, even today, to maybe sing out, to pray out, to speak out for the first time. But, Lord, we know in your kingdom that you, you don't discount people and that you want to use everyone. It's what you want to do, Lord. So, yeah, I just pray that this morning we will see a newness in worship, Lord, a freshness, new gifting coming out. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Mm. Mm. Cool. Yeah, God's stirring you about that. Just let him keep stirring you while we just finish up. Um, I think he's going to do some work in some of us later. 
Okay, the final bit we want to talk about in terms of our Sunday mornings is a fairly important um, chunk of our church. As was also prophesied over us, we would have an amazing kids' work. Um, and the kids' work doesn't just happen out in the kids' work room. Kids are a vital part of our church. Um, so we have, you may have noticed, we have changed our structure of our service a little bit over the last few months um, to have a few songs at the beginning to kind of gather people together um, before the kids go out and Stu or whoever's preaching comes up and preaches. Now, we see this as our sort of family section of worship, and by family, we don't mean if you have children, this is for you. If you don't have children, this is not for you. We mean the real-life church family. This is all of us together, all ages together, and it's a chance for our kids in the church to see us as adults worship and to have a go at worshipping themselves. Um, we do believe that our kids at real life are so important. They are, they're not different, they are just younger, and I think we have such an incredibly vital role in raising them to know Jesus. Um, we want to teach them who Jesus is, we want to teach them why he's amazing, and how to worship him from an early age as possible. Um, Matt's had a, got a story which he's told before, basically he didn't um, ever quite believe when he didn't have children, that kids could worship, and he was quite dismissive. Um, and having had our own children and seen just how they can worship from such a young age was quite humbling. <laughs> and, but it's taught us so much. Um, kids are amazing. Kids love Jesus in their own way. And we want to give them chances to let them express it. When the disciples turned to Jesus and said, uh, sorry, turned to the kids who were coming to see Jesus and said, leave him alone. He's busy. He, he doesn't need you right now. He rebuked them. And he said, no, let the kids come to me. Um, none of you are going to get into heaven unless you are like these children. They need to come to me. They need to sit on my lap. They need to know who I am and what my heart is for them. We are so desperate to see our kids get saved at an early age, and we're not going to see that if we shut them away all the time and don't let them be part of our meetings. Um, the kids workers, and we do want to take a moment to honour them, they do an awesome job out in kids. They are just fantastic. They raise our kids to know Jesus so well, and they teach them stories about him. They teach them what it is to know and to love Jesus, and they do it all through fun, messy play, great stories, lots of games. They really have a talent and a gift on them to help our kids. So we just want to publicly say thank you to our real-life kids workers. They do an awesome job. Um, so on a Sunday morning, when we come together in that first section... The guys up the front can't teach our kids to worship Jesus. We can help, we can try, we can try and use songs that they can sing, we can try and use songs that have some sort of fairly simple words and very simple truth that gets stuck in their hearts, like Matt said about the I am loved going round around their heads. We can try and do that from the front. But the ultimate privilege and responsibility of helping our kids to worship lies with the parents. So it's no one's responsibility to help Delta and Blue learn to worship other than us. That is our job. And we love it. It's not just a responsibility, it's a privilege. It is so much fun. If you get to actually worship with your kids, it's, it really just creates some really precious moments between you and your kids, which is just fantastic. So I am specifically talking to parents here. Um, we get to do our own little bit of evangelism every single day by teaching our kids about Jesus. No one will listen to you in quite the same way <laughs> that our kids will. They, they hang on every word you say when they're small. I know it changes a bit as they get older. Um, but we have such an opportunity. We've got little people there ripe for the harvest just telling them about Jesus. It's amazing. And we get to do it on um, a Sunday morning too. Um, this session on a Sunday morning, the first few songs, not just for people with children. It's also for people without to be examples of worship to the rest of the kids in the church. I know um, from experience there are a few people in our church, Dan, David, Sarah, Katie, our kids love them. Like they would do more things that these guys would tell them to do than they do that we would tell them to do. They absolutely love them and they and these guys have a really strong influence on our children. Um, so if you don't have children here, you may think that this doesn't really count, this bit's not for you. Kids are watching you as much as they are their own parents, and they want to see what it's like for adults who love Jesus to worship him, to publicly stand up and say he's awesome. They're, they're watching you, they are learning from you. So we will ask as well, please help us out with our kids too. Show them what it's like to be a people who love Jesus. So just a couple of very practical bits before we finish. People with kids... Be proactive when you've got them in. We've only got them in for two or three songs at the moment. Again, this structure could well change in a couple of months. We never know. We've only got them in with us for a little bit. So please be proactive with them. Come and grab them an instrument. They're always down the front in that first section. 
Do a little bit of dancing with them, a little bit of singing with them. Um, give them a hug, just play with them. Tell them what the songs are about that we're singing. So quite often if we're singing a song um, that's coming up, I will sort of just say to Delta, right, this is what this song is telling us about Jesus. And then maybe give her one line, like the I am loved by him, and say, right, when that line comes up, can you sing it with me? And she just sings little bits like that with us. So just little things like that really, really help. Um, yeah, just have fun with them. Worship is fun. Worshiping Jesus is a party. It's amazing. Have fun with them. Don't make it a chore. I know there are weeks when your kids do not want to worship. They do not want to sing. They do not want to dance. They do not want to play ball. I know because my kids do that. And actually us forcing them to get a maraca and shake it, you will worship Jesus. That's never going to work. Trust me. Um, so you know your children. We know our children. Be sensitive to them. If they don't want to do it, just let them maybe sit there and give you a hug, give you a cuddle, dance around a little bit, see what they want to do. But please, 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 our kids are so vital and we want them to be part of our worship times. We want them to hear from Jesus. We want them to know that Jesus is amazing and that worshipping him is fantastic. Thank you. Okay, so I'm just going to sum up. Before I do... Um, I want to I thank you guys for the privilege it is to be part of this church, to be given kind of the responsibility we've been given. We thank obviously Mel and Stu, but as a church, you know, we, we love this. And, you know, there, there are points when life is very hectic, very tiring, very on top of you. But we love being part of Real Life Church. I said before, when we first met Mel and Stu and I was walking along with Stuart just talking about what church could be like and we were just saying it could be this, this. and it just the more we talked the more we realized or I realized that kind of our heart for how we could come together and express our relationship with God was so similar and I thought you know and I still think so exciting um, and it's not just about the leaders of this church it's about every single person you know every time we come together and you guys just smile at us and encourage us you know, we are experimenting, we are trying different things out, um, but to have you guys come with us, and we feel, as we lead the team, that the church, as a church, you guys are really open to trying different things out, to joining in, to getting stuck in, and we are a church that, that does that. You know, we talk to other worship leaders who, um, you know, can only introduce one new song a month and have these kind of rules set upon them. Well, we've come from so many different places, Practically every song we knew, use is kind of new, isn't it? Um, but you guys are so open to that, because as long as it's about Jesus, and as long as it's expressing truth, you guys just join in with us and, and sing those praises. And when we have those free moments, um, you guys sing out, you pray out, you share from the front, you, you're where you're at. It astounds me every week that when people are prayed for, you know, everyone's, you know, oh, we need to pray for that person. Bam, there's three people around them ready to pray, ready to prophesy over those people. So we love you guys. We love being a part of Real Life Church. And I think it's really important we honour the whole church because we are all, you know, getting stuck into different aspects of it. We are doing all these different things. And, you know, when we talk about these bits this morning, it's not the same we're not doing them. It's the saying, we are doing aspects, but there's more. God always has more for us. Um, so thank you. We love you guys. And it's, you know, I said that without crying as well. I'm doing well. Um, so, Jesus deserves more praise and worship than we can ever give him. Fact. He was there at the beginning. He will be there at the very end. Fact. The Holy Spirit wants us... Uh, wants to help us bring glory to Jesus by bringing the truth alive, and he gives us the gifts to reveal the power of God amongst us, to build us up, to strengthen us, to set us free from sickness, from condemnation. We have been called as a church to be unashamed drinkers of the Spirit, and we want to encounter God in our worship and build our relationship with him there in that place. As leaders of the team, we want to encourage us as a church to grow more in the gifting he has for us, um, ask him to bring a freedom to our worship that allows everyone to be confident to express their worship and use their gifts. We love Jesus, we love you guys, and being able to encounter God together is a massive privilege, something we are grateful to God that we can do. Amen. <laughs> okay, we're going we're gonna to do some worshipping now. Um, I really felt while we were preparing this that God was speaking to me about people who... Um, who when you heard the preach today was about worship, kind of went, oh, 
really? Or when you get to the worship time, you're like, okay, right, we'll just get through this bit, then we can have another coffee. I know for some people you love sitting listening to a preach and you really can't stand it when the music starts. I know. Um, I used to be the other way around, don't tell Stuart. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I really feel like God wants to basically release some people this morning and just say... It doesn't matter how you feel about worship. It doesn't matter if it's something you, that you really struggle with. It's something I want to bless you in. And it's something you can be released in and you can enjoy. So I just feel like if God is calling you to that, I want us to pray for you guys just at the very beginning before we actually start singing too much. So if there's anybody here who feels like they want to get any prayer for that or they feel that God is stirring something in them about wanting to be released in worship, wanting to be free, not wanting to feel uncomfortable when the first chord gets played or just to be kind of watching your clock and thinking, all right, how long till this is finished? Or even if you just want to go deeper with God in a worship time, if you know how to sing a song but you just don't know quite how to push in a little bit more and you want God to break into your life, I feel like God is speaking to you and saying he wants to do some stuff this morning. So can everyone stand up? We're not going to make you stand on your own. And just take a little bit of time just to ask the Holy Spirit, is this you? Is it something you want prayer for? Yeah, Holy Spirit, just come and move. If that is you and you just feel like you want to be released in worship, you want to have some freedom, I can almost see people having chains wrapped around them, their arms are bound to their sides and God wants to come and just break those chains, almost so your arms just raise in the air. It's not about practically raising your arms, but in terms of He wants to set you free. He wants you to love worshipping him and to be completely free to do so if that is you if you feel like you just want a bit of prayer for that can you just raise your hand and we're going to get some guys to come pray with you so if you feel you just want to go deeper with God you just want to enjoy worship times a bit more you just want to break into new depths of freedom just pop your hand up and we're going to get some people to pray